Tony Basilio welcoming you to a Friday, 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 Friday edition, sports fans. It is the, uh, it's Kentucky weekend. Tennessee basketball up in Lexington tomorrow, 1 o'clock. The reveal, that's Eastern time. The reveal tomorrow at 1230 Eastern time. I say Eastern because we've got people listening to us all over the world, and we have an affiliate in Nashville, and, you know, we've got to keep it. We got to keep it on the ones, the trues, the threes, the fours, and the fives. Um. So, one hundred and five coordinator moves, Bino, in this cycle. But other than that, not a lot of change in college football. You know, the weirdest thing about that sport is that the money's never been greater, and so the upheaval in the sport's never been greater. From a coaching perspective, isn't that wild? Yeah, it, it is, Tony. One of, one of the biggest changes that I've seen in my time as a college football fan is at one point you had no idea who your offense coordinator was. Um, and now they are uh, they're front and center pretty much and uh, uh, target both to be promoted to a head coaching job or uh demoted and fired uh on the other end it's weird yeah and uh hugie's going to join us we're going to talk about that great mike hugan and also we're a little closer to getting some sort of clarity in terms of what the league's going to look like i wonder what hugie's hearing if he's hearing anything in terms of uh the grouping of these teams Todd Munkin has left Georgia. We'll talk to him about that. Um, look, from a Tennessee perspective, I'll, I'll trade you Todd Monken for if you want to make the deal. I mean, if you want to make that trade, I'll 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 let Mike Bobo sit down there instead of Todd Monken, be you know. Oh, absolutely, Tony. I, <laughs> Mike Bobo's uh, career path hasn't been. Real good here, Blake. Question I'm going to throw out to the living fan later. I ask these questions. I'm not afraid to ask them. I don't care. I mean, I, you know, again, I, I'm a guy that I deal in public opinion. This is what I do. This is what we do. We we bathe with you, the common fan. We, we are in there with you. We bleed. We sweat. We sweat them out. We talk about it. We cry. We laugh. We celebrate. What are you more excited about? The Kentucky game tomorrow. Or the beginning of Tennessee's baseball season with their game at Arizona tonight, 8 o'clock on the Major League MLB Network. Brian Hartman, I'll let you throw out the first pitch. What are you more excited about, the Kentucky game this weekend or Tennessee-Arizona and Tennessee series this weekend? Or, Brian, if you want, the beginning of the XFL, some alt football. I'd have to say that I'm more interested in the baseball series, but more excited about the basketball game potentially beating Kentucky and Rupp. Okay, that wasn't the that wasn't the. Which one are you more excited about? Probably the basketball game at Rupp. That you now, have to, if you ask me Saturday night, uh, I might give you a different answer depending on what happens. Bino, Jeff Henderson, what are you more excited about, buddy? Uh, time and place, Tony. Obviously the. 
Kentucky games much more important to Tennessee's basketball season than any of the games in Arizona are for Tennessee baseball. So it's it's easily the Kentucky basketball game. I'm going to ask that question later on, so be be prepared. Be prepared. Are you ready to make believe? Be prepared. You know, I found a um, a nugget. Tennessee played in the Grand Canyon Classic back in 2016. You're a nugget, all right. You're a nugget, all right. And they beat Grand Canyon 25 to eight, St. Mary's six three, and Central Michigan 20 to one. This is the same thing I think this team is in this year. Hey, Bino, that has what to do with what? With what? Good, Bino. It was an early season baseball uh, classic out in the West that we took care of business. Not trying to rip Briar or anything, but that has what to do with what, huh? Well, it's it's interesting the fact they've seen this before. No, 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 no. It's a great nugget. No, it's a no. It's it's stupid. You're a nugget, Brian. You're a nugget. In the uh, in the sense of the word uh, that Owen Hart used to use it, you're an absolute nugget. We're gonna come back on the other side. Eight six. Just kidding, Brian. You know I love you. Which of you will be on with me if either one of you uh, tonight post game on Garza Law extra innings are impromptu. It can't be impromptu. We're planning it, but for some reason we're doing it because Orange Throat talked me into it, and he's an idiot. But he'll be asleep, and I'll be on here doing it because I'm a fool, like Laura said. Why you let him talk you into that? Let's see. That'll begin what, Tony? About eleven fifteen or so? Yeah. I'd say Brian's your man. No, I'd say Bino, you're going to be up. You know, you're going to host the show, like yeah. the Arizona game. Yeah, just like you're that Arizona the, uh, game. You're our late night. You're the Craig Ferguson of this deal. Till you get canceled, like him. You're our late night guy, Bino. I got you covered. We come back on the other side. It's going to be divine. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be inspired. It's going to be the great Mike Huguenin of On3.com. Moving right to left and left to right across your device. We break down the weekend that is. It's going to be incredible, ladies and germs. Did I say incredible? I don't know. Maybe I did. Maybe it's going to lose its effectiveness. I say it again. It's going to be a great sports weekend. More after this. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. 
Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Hi, I'm former Sheriff Enoch George with 30 years experience in emergency services. 
I know how important it is to locate an address that's in need of help as quickly as possible. An LED light bulb has been developed and manufactured that glows red, white, and blue flashing light to be placed on your front porch and turned on when you have an emergency that will help the responding emergency services to locate your home as quickly as possible. You can obtain your LED light bulb at Mount Pleasant Fire Department and all of your local fire stations. For more information, contact Fire Department at 379-1005. 379-1005. Seconds counts. Get your light bulb today. I wish you and your family a safe and happy new year. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Escobars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 Bites, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Ring around the rosy, pocket full of posy. Ashes, ashes, we all are coordinators on the Division I level. Mike Hugan and joining me now on 3.com. He's written a great piece this week. I mean a great piece where he lists the FBS coordinator changes in this cycle. I was just asking Mike off the air to compare this to previous years. He goes, Tony, I don't. Uh, I'm going to save him the the spare him the details on the air here. He goes, I I don't know. We're going to put together a database and track that. Hughie, it seems to me this migration between and, and the way the college game has sort of morphed into the pro game. You look at the success Jalen Hurts is having on the NFL level, uh, and the way the pro game is morphing into the college game however you way you want to look at that but they're trading coordinators they're sharing coordinators guys are moving back and forth and it's creating like this pinball effect where i mean it's just it, it's it's coordinator around the rosy here yeah there's 105 coordinator changes cheese 105 um and yeah the, you mentioned the the nfl ping pong effect look at kentucky's liam cohen 2020, he was a NFL position coach. 2021, Kentucky OC. 2022, the LA Rams OC. 2023, he will be the Kentucky OC again. Um, South Carolina's new offensive coordinator, Law Dolgans, mm. uh, came from Arkansas where he was a tight ends coach. He is a former NFL offensive coordinator. Um, there's a lot more, I would argue, shared information now, and that's a, that's a weak term, but uh, a lot more NFL teams are taking facets from college football. Um, the, the idea of the spread, the idea that Jalen Hurts was in, and Pat Mahomes won the NFL MVP, um, I would argue that 15 years ago, Pat Mahomes and Jalen Hurts would have been looked at as, I don't know about this, they run the ball too much. Right. You can't be an NFL quarterback running the ball, you're going to get uh, right. obliterated. And I think yep. the the poster child for that way of thinking. Do you remember Charlie Ward at Florida State? Yep. He ran a, they called it the fast break offense in 1994 when they won, 93 when they won it all. That was a version of the spread. 
They let Charlie Ward do what he wanted with the ball. They had quick reads. NFL teams looked at Charlie Ward and said, eh, he's athletic, but he's not really a quarterback. So he ends up playing in the NBA for more than a decade. Um, if Charlie Ward were in today's game, he would be a phenomenal pro quarterback. Uh, I think Mike Vick, as successful as he was in the NFL, would be even more successful now um, because I think a lot more NFL teams have expanded their way of thinking. Um, and you're right, there's a lot of interaction now. You've got, you got college position coaches going to the NFL. You've got NFL guys coming back to college. There is a ping-pong effect there, and it's because NFL teams want – to bring in some facets of the college game, unquestionably. The great Mike Higgin and joining 106 new coordinators. He's on your TLD Logistics Hotline. Owner-operator, listen to me. If you're an owner-operator in the trucking game, we've got a spot for you on our team. Contact TLD Logistics. Learn more at tldlogistics.com. Hughie, I, um, I visit with you today and. You know, and fan bases watch these coordinator deals. This this coordinator thing, there's like a peer pressure among these schools to hit the home run. Freeman's feeling it right now at oh. Notre Dame. These things get public. They get messy. They get ugly. And people are looking at Freeman and are saying, how come you couldn't attract the home run guy? It's it's a weird deal, isn't it, what's going on with coordinators? Well, I think he, attra- he, he could have attracted a home run guy. Notre Dame cheapened out. Um they bring in Andy Ludwig from Utah, who has a phenomenal reputation in, in college athletics. He is a really good developer of quarterbacks, um, and even though he's not necessarily a quarterback whisperer, but he, he molds his offenses around what his quarterback can do. Um, he, he's well thought of because of his game planning, his in-game adjustments, all that kind of stuff. So Notre Dame says, okay, here's our guy. They fly him in on a private jet. He goes to a hockey game with Marcus Freeman and Jack Swarbrick, the Notre Dame AD. Ends up, when the, when the camera pans the crowd, they find Marcus Freeman sitting next to him with Andy Ludwig. And, they, oh, my God, Notre Dame's going to hire Andy Ludwig. And then you realize a day later, Notre Dame doesn't want to pay the buyout. And you're like, what? You know, this isn't Louisiana Monroe or Syracuse. This is Notre Dame. And they, they're pinching pennies. And it makes, I think, the Marcus Freeman look bad, not his own fault. Because this, they, you wonder, if did they not vet Andy Ludwig before they flew yep. him in on a private jet? Yep. Did they not know his contract had a buyout? It's, it's beyond belief in this day and age a program of Notre Dame stature fails to hire the assistant they want because they consider the buyout too much. It's, it's insanity. Um, and, and they end up promoting a guy, Gerard Parker, who used to be the West Virginia aid, uh, OC, did uh. not do the greatest job there, uh. and was the Notre Dame's tight end coach. So I, you feel bad for Marcus Freeman because the school looks like it was too cheap. And I feel bad for the Parker guy. Because now he has to, unless he's a knockout home run, he's never going to hear the end of it. No, exactly. Well, you know, if you know, we we only scored twenty one points. If they had a real offensive yeah. corner, they would have scored twenty eight. This damn tight ends coach so, over here, Gerard Parker is. Yeah, he's and he's forever. You know, not the 
nothing wrong with being the second choice. Yeah. But I was the second choice. A public second choice, um, and the perception is well, I don't know. If, I think the perception is the reality in this situation. Yep. Notre Dame got cheap. Hey, hey Bino, I was Laura's second choice. We've been gone thirty-one plus years, going strong, at least in my book. <laughs> uh, I have a hard time believing you were second choice, Tom. <laughs> you're you're a clown. Hey, Hughie, how many of these guys in the coordinator game, how many of them are making north of a million dollars? Do we oh, know? That's an interesting question, too. That's something that we're working on, hopefully. We're what, what, do you think, what do you think the number is? Between 50 and 100? What's, what do you think the number is? Oh, yeah. I think it's easily 50. And Kiffin <laughs> was the first guy to have a million-dollar coordinator. I think it was his dad. So, and when was It was that? here. 2007? Yeah, it was here. Yeah. So, yeah. it's, you know, now you got... Last year, I believe there were three position coaches making more. My gosh. So, and, you know, it's it, it's amazing also. There's people out there who still say there's no reason to pay players. The NIL is out of control. It's oh, ridiculous. give me a break. When, when, you're, when you have a position coach making a million dollars, there's money to pay players. Well, speaking of paying players, I, I would have thought, and it's worked on the basketball court because Miami's got a really nice basketball team, and uh, they got a great head coach. Uh, so there's no uh, this guy went to the Final Four at Mason, and and I would not bet against them this year in the tournament. No, Larinaga is. And that's some gun knows what's going. was a assistant coach. Yeah. at Virginia yeah. when Virginia had Ralph Sampson. Yeah, that son of a gun. Yeah, he'd been around a while, and he knows yeah, yeah. what he's doing. So moving along. The Miami football team was coming off a pretty good year, and everybody thought, well, you know, this Ruiz guy spent all his money, and, boy, they poured a bunch of money into it, and now Kevin Steele, which i got to ask you about, is back um, back at Alabama, where everybody, Saban has this thing where it's like the Hotel California, because everybody talks about how miserable it is to be around that SOB, but yet everybody keeps going back to him, which is a really kind of a strange deal, uh, but... What is going on at Miami, and and are they ever going to get footing in the ACC? What's the deal there? Because they're spending yeah. money. They, 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 um, they, they made a big deal last year. Well, they they are spending a heck of a lot more money now. Um, they increased the size of their staff. They're making some infrastructure. Um, in, um, they're spending money in infrastructure, more people around, all that kind of stuff. Got got plans for more buildings, all that kind of stuff. So Crystal Ball comes in last year, the highest-paid Miami coach ever, obviously, hires a staff, uh, and people are like, this is a good staff. Well, five of those ten are already gone. Um, the, both coordinators left after a year. One was fired, and, and Kevin Steele left. Uh, so there is a lot of turmoil at Miami. I would argue that the season, the season they had was five and seven. They were bad, but I would argue that the – talent base has been increased a bit since Cristobal got there, and he's only been there a year. And he is known as a really good recruiter. The interesting thing about his offensive coordinator hire, Shannon Dawson, came from Houston, was not the play caller at Houston. He was the quarterback coach and passing game coordinator for Dana Holgerson. Holgerson's the guy who called the plays. So Shannon Dawson now will call plays for the first time for a Power 5 school. Um, and the thought here is that, okay, Cristobal has gone outside his comfort zone and hired a guy off the air raid tree. But Cristobal is known for being somewhat meddlesome 
on offense yep. because he is a former offensive line coach. And the question is rather is is whether he lets Shannon Dawson run what he wants to run, or if this is going to be a matched up version of what Cristobal and Dawson runs with Dawson side winning. Or there's a lot of questions about this, but the the Miami coaching situation is is interesting because again that's a lot of staff changes uh but the bottom line is their their talent level is better but i don't know how far they are away from contending for the acc title if you look at the top four teams in the acc for 2023 miami is not one of the four i'm not even sure they're in the top five it's crazy so they still have a long way to get i mean it's great it's crazy and they're spending money well, finally, this is a pro. And you know, they brought in Dan Radakovich from Clemson, wow. who got his master's degree from UM. And this was Radakovich is, I think, sixty-seven or six days. So this is his final job. But yep. the irony, obviously, is he comes from he came from Clemson, where he was the AD, and he had a football coach there that had the same staff for what about nine decades. Set. And here he is at Miami. The coach he hired has. Fifty percent of his staff turnover in one year. Is so he hard to work for? Is that the deal? Is he hard? What's, is he hard to work for? Cristobal is. Yeah, I think that's part of it. Um, again, he is known as a is somewhat meddlesome on offense. Kevin Steele got a better job, and that's you know I think Kevin Steele. If you're, do you want to work at Alabama? Or do you want to work at Miami in a rebuild? No, I want to work at Alabama. But but um, but Saban's impossible. Running backs coach went yeah. back to Ole Miss. That was interesting. Mm. He was the running backs coach at Ole Miss in 2021. Went to Miami in 2022. He's a Miami native who played at UCF. Ole Miss lost its running backs coach to Texas A&M. Kevin Smith goes back. That's a red flag. So that's that's the one that I heard from some people going. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, that's a that's a red flag. Only there for a year, so um, there again, the the coaching situation in Miami is there is turmoil there, but the the roster is better than when he got there. What? Not even two years ago. So that's a that's a that's a gigantic positive for Miami. Brian Yo Hartman, jump in here. Mike Hugan is on three on the TLD Logistics Hotline. Uh, They are a phone call away at tldlogistics.com. Go ahead, Brian. You know, going back to Notre Dame, they didn't want to pony up and try to go get a Luke Fickle or someone that was right. established head coach somewhere. They promoted from within. Do you think that same mindset followed them when they tried to get an offensive coordinator? And do you think that maybe since they didn't want to go after a big head coach, they wouldn't want to do the same with the coordinator? And also, do you think the fact that since they didn't do that with a head coach, do you also think that since it is who they got, that they didn't want to go. If Brian Kelly was still the head coach, would they have gone out, do you think, and, and gotten somebody more established as an offensive coordinator? Interesting. Um, yeah, I think Marcus Freeman, there was a lot of reasons to hire him. I think finances were one of them, but I also think that he has brought a different kind of vitality slash energy to the job that Brian Kelly didn't. I think Brian Kelly was one of those guys that then after he had been there so long, saw the glass is half empty. Marcus Freeman is definitely a glass half full guy. Yep. So, um, but I would argue that if you went quote unquote cheap on your head coach, why don't you? And you know, Tommy Reese was sort of 
I don't know if he was foisted upon Marcus Freeman, but I, he, he was there. Before. It was it was known that whoever the coach was going to be was going to have Mark, Tommy Reese as his offensive coordinator. So you would have thought if they had saved money on Marcus Freeman, you would let him hire who he wants to as the OC. And if you it, it was a two point three million dollar buyout. You know, you're Notre Dame. That that's not a lot of money. Um, and this also brings up that they have a basketball coach opening because Mike Bray is retired. Well, mm. Mike Bray is stepping down at Notre Dame at least. Mm. Are they going to go cheap on a basketball hire as well? Mm. I mean, again, this this is not a school that is poor. This is Notre Dame, and the idea that Notre Dame again, it's if you take a step back and you you know Notre Dame. It is a blue blood football program. I don't know any other blue blood football program that once its head coach identified, here's the OC I want to hire. We're going to bring him in on a private jet. We're going to make this a public, very public hiring process. I don't know any other blue blood that would have said, you know something? Eh, we're going to change our. We're going to change the midstream here because we don't want to pay a two point three million dollar buyout. No other blue blood program would do that. None, none. Are they paying players, Hughie? Are they competing in the NIL the marketplace? NIL is not as strong there as it is at LSU. Mm. So, it's weird um, no, because they, they have really the rich NIL. alumni. They have billionaire yeah, alumni, they, right? They have bil- an, yeah. They have a. You're right. They, they, plus, they have Subway alumni. If you ever, all over. If you've ever gone to a game, yeah, where, where Notre Dame fans are there, you're looking around, going, "There's no way that dude went to Notre Dame," or "There's no way that group of ten guys, none of them went to Notre Dame." Um, so Notre Dame has NIL. They have an NIL program. It's not perhaps as extensive as it should be, or frankly, in this era, needs to be. But um, again, the, the the idea that the the not paying Andy Ludwig's buyout is mind blowing. Bean star Jeff Henderson, get in here with the great Mike Huguenin. Hey, Mike. Though there's a whole lot of transition straight ahead, most all the Power Five conferences seem to have a pretty clear vision of where they're going and what they want to do, except the Pac-12. It seems to be in in total flux. What do you think happens there? Yeah, that, there was a report earlier this week that two of the networks supposedly bidding on their TV rights were like, oh, man, maybe we're not going to be uh, as heavily involved. We're not going to pony up what they want. And you also got the Pac-12 looking at SMU and San Diego State. And, oh, look, two huge media markets. Well, two huge media markets, I don't think SMU is a top five uh, in terms of interest in the Dallas media market, and I don't think San Diego State's a top five in the Southern California TV media market. So, um, you know, I think George Kleokoff, and I said this on a, on a different radio show, he could be the smartest man in college athletics. It doesn't matter because he's working from a position of weakness. Just like the, the Big Ten doesn't have a commissioner. Whoever they hire... They can hire my dog, and he automatically would become the second most powerful commissioner in college athletics because of the Big Ten TV deal. One of us on this radio show could become the Big Ten commissioner, and we would have 
we'd be the second most important commissioner behind only Sankey because of the Big Ten's TV deal. So the Pac-12 TV deal, um, the one reason the league is in flux is because the TV deal is sort of like the anvil hanging over the league's head. Um, I would argue that the Big 12, it, you're right, it does sort of, okay, here's, here's, here's what we're going to be going forward. Um, you know, I live in Orlando. Um, I don't think UCF, Houston, BYU, and Cincinnati come close, close to matching what Oklahoma and Texas are taking from the league. And the ACC knows what it wants to be, but its TV deal's bad as well. But you're right, the, the Pac-12 is definitely the league that's in the most danger. And the idea that, I think it was two days ago, Ohio State canceled a regular season home-and-home home series with Washington. My very first thought was, eh, they're gonna be, they know they're going to be uh, conference mates. Sooner rather than later. Yep. So why even pretend to have that on your non-conference schedule? Now, yep. that was sort of tongue-in-cheek when I was mm-hmm. talking to a friend of mine, mm-hmm. but I think that's out there. So, and, and Washington and Oregon are extremely well thought of in the college athletics community. Obviously, they're not joining the SEC, but the Big Ten and Pac-12, both would, uh, Big Ten and Big 12, rather, if you're Washington and Oregon looking to get out, and why wouldn't you be? Those two leagues would be nice landing places. And once they go, that's it for West Coast sports, right? I don't know. I don't know about West Coast sports because USC and UCLA and Oregon and Washington are still going to be going to be powerful schools. I mean, for the rest the of them, Pac twelve, yeah, right. It, it comes because you know Oregon State and Washington State. Who cares? Um, San Diego State's out there by themselves. Which right. you'd have thought San Diego State would join their league. They're a major market. They could help. You know, maybe they but could again, cobble the a league together. The aspect is, is not as big a deal because no one cares about that school in the media market. Yeah, it's past that. Like Rice right. is in Houston. Right. Huge media market. Right. Rice would be probably 15th. Rutgers is in New York City. Houston sports fan. Yeah, Rutgers is in New York City and nobody cares. Nobody That's, cares. Temple's in Philly. If you move Washington and Oregon, then you're just back to being the whack. That's a good hey, point. It, yeah, well, you're, the Mountain West then would, would add... Oregon State and yep. and Washington and Utah though would be out there. Arizona State and Arizona would be out there. Arizona State got the Phoenix media market and people do care. And that's a state's becoming more and more important from a recruiting standpoint for football, especially because Phoenix. If if you've been to Phoenix, good lord, yep. the, the city stretches for two hundred miles for God's sake. So, but it's it's the Pac-12 in flux is a phenomenal way to put that, and it's. That's going to be – that's the focus of everybody's realignment attention now. What happens to the Pac-12? Hugie, you're my main man on the way out, and I appreciate your time. Will you be tuning in the XFL this weekend? Bino wants no. to know. Huh? Yeah, I'll be watching some college hoops, but not the XFL. Who are you liking that Tennessee-Kentucky game more, I like anyway? Tennessee. Um, I know – I guess it is um, – Phillips. Tennessee's got two guys that are banged up, so uh, Kentucky. They're both questionable. Yep. Um, games in Knoxville? I no. Games, oh, in, games in Lexington. How did I miss that? Okay, I still like Tennessee. Um, and, and plus, if you're Tennessee, you want to build off what you did against the Tide. Yep. Um, and Kentucky is so inconsistent. Um, I, I think Tennessee's the better team, and I think they're going to win. Kentucky is desperate. I guess that's 
this is different. And I don't think Tennessee obviously ain't desperate. Kentucky may not make the NCAA field for God's sake. So um, I still think Tennessee's better. I think the Vols win. Higgy, you're my man. Tell the living listener how they can find you and what we're working on at On3. Yeah, On3, O-N, the numeral 3.com, recruiting, hot and heavy still, even though it's a dead period right now, the dead period ends soon. Kids talking about where where they're they're making their visit plans. I've, you know, I've been, I've followed college recruiting for about 25 years. I don't remember ever a time when high-caliber players were making recruiting visit decisions in February before their senior year. Um, you know, it used to be like, oh, yeah, I'll be making my visits in September, October. No, now it's like I'm making my visits in the spring and summer, and I'm making my choice before my final season starts. So why not have a signing period in July? Exactly. Have it in August. Have it in August 1. Let's celebrate the return of college football every yeah, year right. around the country. A, National holiday. That makes yeah, that makes a ton of sense. So you're right. Practices will be starting. Um, though I guess when once the twelve team playoff starts, the first week of the season will always be the last week of you know what what we, what is week zero now would become week one. So maybe you have the early signing period be July fifteenth or the early signing date be July fifteenth yep. because that's when schools are going to be going back to football. You do Independence Day, and then a couple weeks later you do a signing yep. day, and people that are in my business can have a fair and a festival and these teams. I mean, that makes too much sense, though. Don't, God right. forbid you do something that makes sense. Exactly. Hugie, you're my man. Much love. Thank you, brother. Right, talk next week. Enjoy, enjoy the XFL. See, Bino, he's excited about it. Houston Rough next, Bino, you excited? Who's the Rough next, Scott, Tom? No idea. But uh, Jack Cohn's in that league. He was talking about Notre Dame before. There's a bunch so of balls in it. Are, are you going to place a bet on this? Well, we're supposed to do winners and losers later, and I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to have a play. I think I'm going to have a power play of the day. Um, I just got to figure out what it is. Sounds like a guy whose advice I'd take. Right, Bino? What do you think? Sounds like most guys who give gambling advice. Bino, you're... Uh, your take on the other night, the huge win, and by the way, uh, Mike Hugan and on the TLD Logistics Hotline, I want to remind you, if you want to make more money faster, join TLD Logistics, start hauling glass. Changing lanes of TLD Logistics pays online, tldlogistics.com. We'll have a Garza Law Tennessee basketball overtime this evening. No. It'll be an extra innings uh, broadcast, then a basketball overtime uh, tomorrow. Uh, kind of a busy weekend for us. What did you make, Bino, of the Alabama game and in the immortal words of Maury Hanks, when that's the number one team in your sport, your sport's got issues. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any question that there's not a there's not a great team in college basketball, Tony, but it was a uh, it was a critical victory for Tennessee uh, to stop the bleeding, put themselves back in a position to hopefully be a two or a three seed. Uh, when the NCAA tournament field is announced here in several weeks, uh, and to put themselves in a position to be a top four seed in the SEC tournament and get the double bye. So uh, I, I just thought it was really critical for them to kind of get back uh, on on solid footing again because the the stretch run is is again it's not 
it's it's not easy, and it, it may not be kind. Uh, I'm I'm really concerned about all three road games. Yeah. Uh, same reason that I gave Tennessee an opportunity to win um, against Alabama, I feel that that spot situation kind of flips on them uh, at Kentucky, at Texas A&M, and at Auburn, because all three of those teams are going to be playing for their tournament life, and there's probably not a better spot on their schedule uh, to uh, to gain some leverage than than by beating Tennessee. Well, if you think about it, you look at Tennessee's resume. Why wouldn't that be the case? Tennessee has wins over high quad one, upper echelon teams like Alabama, Kansas, and Texas. That's three teams vying for top seed line. I mean, that's you know this is this is not child's play here. So when you beat them, you annex all their accomplishments. I mean. Literally, Kentucky could make their season by sweeping the Vols tomorrow. Literally, could make the NCAA tournament after a lackluster year. Auburn is teetering. They they are teetering and falling out of the tournament. They could make their deal, make their season at, at they, the end uh, of it. They got a, a pretty big win over Missouri, though. I think they kind of were due for a big performance, and they got it there. So that was huge for them. Texas A&M could... Tabino's point could make make their season. So these road games, I guess we have five left, right? And three are on the road, is that right? And then Arkansas yeah. here. And Arkansas here, guys. Yes. Arkansas Arkansas has not been a complete team all year. They haven't had all their players. Um they're still dangerous. If you if you go out this week and you get beat tomorrow by Kentucky, which could happen. Uh, by the way, Stats by Will Warren is going to join us in the second hour. Um, this team's driving people crazy, including him. Um, I mean, this team's enough to drive you to do whatever you want to be driven to. This team's maddening, this Tennessee basketball team. But one thing's for sure, Bino, and you and I talk about this as we've been in uh, various casinos through the years, and you're a little more of a gambler than I am. I'm cheap. Beanstar, those buildings are big for a reason. Now, the other night, and and Lee tells me and Y tells me that they took a little bit of a bath, and I was talking to Mr. C as well, they took a little bit of a bath, uh, Vegas did, on their deal the other night, the thought is that they're going to adjust the spread tomorrow and not go straight off the Ken Palm, but adjust it accordingly uh, to make the line a little sharper because Ken Palm has the Vols minus four. It's expected to open at three. I haven't seen if it's open just yet, but um, I haven't seen if it if it's open just yet. And where it's open, how it's have you guys seen it? Have you seen a line? I guess that's at about five four today, five today. They always come out about uh, late afternoon on yeah. the day before the games. Yeah. It is interesting, I, Bino, I'm how really all the Joes the Joes went one way and the pros went right behind them and pounded Tennessee on the back end of that. Go ahead, man. Yeah, I I, I would be real I, it would be real surprising to me if the public was all over Tennessee. Uh I would have thought that the public would have hammered Alabama, um, and and the uh, the pros would have been on Tennessee uh, based on the spot. But, That's what happened. Uh, 
Um, yeah, I, I, uh, and I, a worrisome thing for me tomorrow uh, is, Tony, as, as good as we defended uh, on Wednesday, the problem is if we defend like that in Lexington, Kentucky will shoot 50 free throws. I'll leave it right there. He's exactly right. I mean, that's well, that is a well, you've well, got to shoot well. Well, that's a that's a little hidden secret. The fact that we brought our officials with us because that's what that was. If I'm an Alabama fan watching that, I'm going, man. Tennessee brought their refs with them. You could not get a better whistle from a Tennessee standpoint. I'm going to call it like it is. You could not because if you get most crews, you have several guys foul out in that game. You are mugging them, holding them, shoving them. Pushing them, tripping them, beating them, banging them, throwing them. And Alabama didn't respond to it because, you know, that's just not their game. If you allow Tennessee's athletes to do what they did to a finesse-type team like Alabama, you're going to beat them 10 out of 10 times. And like uh, somebody yesterday on the show said, horrendous matchup. It might have been Matt. You couldn't have a worse matchup for that Alabama team than Tennessee on the defensive end. You, you just can't. Especially when you let them play the way they played, Bino. That was that was football. It was like ro- I was waiting for yeah, uh, was, for the old set. Where was James Common? You need him. It looked like rollerball, Alabama, Bino. Alabama would shoot fifty three throws at home if that were the. Oh, probably. exactly, Brian. Exactly. Well, Kentucky most certainly will. Yes, you, you might be you might be able to go to Texas A and M and play that level of physical defense mm-hmm. and get away. Not getting away with it in Lexington. I can promise you that. They're marching them to the free throw line. Which I love that we play like that. But that's the one thing that computer models don't account for and can't account for is what crew you get, how a game's going to be called. And see, that is what the thing that makes college basketball. Sure, we have all these models. And sure, the numbers don't lie. Like, um,. Yesterday, one of our callers said, you know, the, 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 the numbers don't lie. Um, and, and who was it, our female caller from Florida? Brian, help me out here. My mind is... Uh, Holly. Holly said, you know, Tony, I was getting to the point where I'm looking at this Kempom stuff, and I'm going, what a bunch of just mumbo-jumbo nonsense. And then a game like Wednesday happens, and you go, oh, well, I, I guess that's why Tennessee was favored. But see, not baked into those numbers is how's the game going to be called. Because you put those two teams on the floor together and you call the game differently, it's probably a different game. The other thing, Bino, that was interesting about the other night is just how bad that Quinterly guy was. That guy, sure, Tennessee helped. Tennessee was excellent defensively the other night. Well, that guy was horrendous. You've got to make them want to. You got to make the other team make bad decisions. Yeah. Without without. Getting the officials rep, the officials whistle in the way. Yep. If you can do that, like they did to Bama, you'd have a chance tomorrow in rub. But I mean, it's going to be harder to do on the road. Here's another thing to consider about the Bama game that a friend of mine brought up yesterday. If Rick Barnes has both tri- Triple J and Phillips, does he allow the lockdown defender to lock down the kid that he locked down? Miller as long as he did or is he playing more people which disrupts the rotations which disrupts the flow of the game which disrupts the way Tennessee played and Bino that's food for thought was Tennessee aided by the fact that he couldn't go to the bench as much 
Yeah, pro- probably. That's probably correct in that snapshot in time. I I don't believe there's any doubt if if Triple J and Phillips were available that Meshack doesn't get as many minutes. Yeah. Because Meshack's your MVP. I mean, he basically went out there and threw it. He just... And a couple of his teammates after the game, Zakai Ziegler was like, well, look, we see that every day in practice. I mean, this guy is no fun to practice against. This guy is all arms, all elbows, all legs, all coming at you like a whirling dervish. Great win for the Vols. To, to go out and beat number one like that and to beat and to beat them that easily. But I'm going to brag on Bino. Bino on Monday, when that rating came down, said Alabama's in big trouble. You put that you put that number one by their name. And look, Purdue last night got blitzed by Maryland, and, and their head coach comes out after the game and cuts a promo on him. Painter's sick of his team right now. Brian, what's going on at the top of college basketball? Matt Dixon said we ought to have no number one seeds this year. Everybody's a two. Everybody's a two seed. Well, you know, Houston seems like they fall in and out of that number one spot. Yep. And it, it makes you dizzy and looks like they're gonna they're gonna probably end up back in that number oh, one God, spot. Oh god, the ice handlers team. Win. The ice handlers team. Yeah, they got a win over SMU last night. God, they're bad so SMU bad. Team, and they probably Poor ice handler. will be favored to beat Memphis over the weekend. Poor so ice handler. Be sitting back at number one next week. Ice handler's handling dry ice. I mean, his hands have to be burning at this point. But, you know, have you ever touched dry ice? I mean, uh, been around dry ice a whole lot, Tony. Yeah, that's uh, pretty scary. Mm-hmm. What's it made that's of? Really, really good gloves. What's it made of, Bino? What's dry ice? What do you know what the chemical in that is? I do not, Tony. I may have at one time. I don't today. Interesting. Eight six five. Did you ever do like training classes on dry ice when you were doing your thing? Uh, used some dry ice to like uh, simulate uh, uh, leaking drums and stuff like that when you would do. Uh, I know it. When... Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got like no- no- noxious, whatever that term is, fumes to it, right? It can be dangerous in an enclosed. Uh, like in an enclosed space. Yeah, you probably don't want to. You probably don't want to be in the room with uh, a real close space with dry ice for any amount of time. I would mm-hmm. think I'm. I'm not sure exactly what the how, how dangerous it is. Brian, does he call himself the dry ice handler? What's that guy call himself? Coach at SMU. I used think to be he just is called the ice handler. I don't know what that. I think maybe that references to where he he's from in Buffalo. Maybe. I oh, know. I like that. So I love my Buffalo. I people. think that's where that comes from. I love my Buffalo. Isn't he from Buffalo? I, I met a I met a uh, lady from Buffalo a couple weeks ago. She was telling me that uh, her and her her husband got a job down here. She stayed up there to sell their house. The time she was there to sell five weeks span. She said it snowed twice, one time 17 inches, the second one 27 inches. This was in March, Bino, about five years ago. She said, I said, you miss it? She said, are you kidding me? Do I miss it? She said, the only thing I miss, the only thing I miss is going to a Bills game every once in a while. That's the only thing I miss. And I can't say as I blame her. I don't like today here. I dang sure ain't going to Buffalo. Can you imagine what that would do to us? I mean, to our emotions, if you lived in that? That's right. I'm a basket case here in the winter when the sun doesn't shine, like you're talking about, days like today. 
I'm a basket case anyway. I don't know. Will Warren's coming up. I want to go to the phones. 865-200-5402 is my number. Question I was asking earlier that I'm going to ask in the second hour, once stats by Will Warren uh, departs from us, is what are you more excited about this weekend? Seeing that baseball team play? Or seeing the basketball balls in Lexington. Bino, do you think I will get a split vote on that, or do you think this will be a unanimous, the Tennessee basketball team? What's your sense of uh, where this is going to head in the second hour, Bean Star? I, 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 don't, I don't know, Tony. I, w- I would think the majority uh, would uh, be more focused and excited about the basketball game just based on time and place. But, uh, uh, you know, the. The baseball team, uh, you've also got the crew that are just sick of basketball that'll that'll vote baseball automatically. So yeah, I, I got know. a little. I got a People little. Who gets through? I got a little Tennessee. I got a little Tennessee basketball fatigue right now, which I'm going to talk to Will about. I'm just saying it out loud. I mean, of course, I'm, I work in it, and I'm around it all the time. So you know, do all those post game shows, kind of bathe in. I guess that's natural. But this season, this whole Sybil thing that these guys do, where you really don't know who they are or what you're going to get from night to night, which is very accurate, right? You don't know what you're going to get. Some nights they play incredibly well on the offensive end and get beat. Some nights, like the other night, they weren't real good on offense, yet they beat the number one team in America. Some nights they look really alive. Some nights they look half dead. Some nights they look like they've never played. Some nights they're like the best team in the world. Seldom are they extremely fun. They were fun the other night, but seldom is it like really fun to watch. Not that I'm complaining, but I guess I am. And yet they're at the top of the sport. Do you think I'm alone in that being star and conveying that? No, I think there's I, I think there's some fatigue out there, Tony, and I think there's a lot of feeling that it's not very entertaining. The only thing I would disagree with is I think we know who we are. I think we're a really good defensive team mm-hmm. and a really challenged offensive team, which makes for hard viewing. To the phones, I think rarely yeah. have they gone away from that script. To the phones we go. I'm going to ask when we get to hour two, and I want your participation in the form of clapping your hands. Who, or what are you more excited about this weekend? Seeing that baseball team start or the game in Lexington? Hello and welcome into our next call. How my friends and compatriots doing today? W. Lynn, what are you more excited about? Beginning of baseball season? I'm way season? more excited about the Kentucky game in Lexington. All right, talk to me. Because this is a critical point of the year for basketball. I'm, I love our baseball team, but we could go out there and go 1-2 and two or 0-3, oh and, and that's not going to ruin the baseball season. That's well put. There's uh, certainly more urgency around what's going on on the basketball floor this weekend. Yep. And Bino went over kind of the, the schedule we got left for the five teams or fighting to get in the tournament. Uh, I, I hate to say this, but I'll be happy if we go three and two the last five games. That's my number, three and two, because I think two and three is possible. Oh, I do too. I mean, you know, it's a, it's, it's not going to be easy, but Bino, you've said it and I, I've said it too. You just want to get in the tournament. Yep. Just keep knocking on the door. Yep. And you hope finally one day you can get past the Sweet 16. Well, W. Lynn, to your point, if Tennessee goes 4-1, and one, which they could, 
they're going to get a number one seed. That's possible. It depends on who all loses. They but can all keep some... losing. Purdue got beat last night. They all I keep know, losing. And, uh, I don't know how that that helps us because we beat Maryland. Well, listen, Lenardi, you know, Lenardi's saying right now that Tennessee is the first number two seed. And people are saying, well, Tony, you're, you are a real jerk, which I am. You're actually saying on here that you have fatigue with a team that's the, that's the fifth-seeded team in the country. And, and I openly admit that that's an incongruent thing to uh, uh, say on the air, but I'm just an honest person, too honest at times. Um, but, yes, there is fatigue with me with a team that's the fifth the fifth best team in the country, W. Lynn, they're one spot away. And by the way, they own wins over several of the teams that are one seeds right now. And that Purdue team's going in the other direction. If this team finishes 4-1, and one, they're going to have a one seed going into the SEC tournament. That's going to happen. And people are going to go, I mean, I'm going to be tired of a team that's going to have a one seed, uh, W. Lynn. How crazy is that? What's wrong with it, me, W. Lynn? It, it, it is. Well, it's crazy because we've been good in basketball for a while. And, you know, we get spoiled, you know, uh, about being up there in the top five and mm-hmm. all that. But mm-hmm. I'm not worrying about any of that. I don't care for a three, four, or five seed. I just want to get in the tournament. And, you know, if we're a little bit of an underdog, who cares? But, uh we have to remember the collaboration room between the SEC office and Lexington. I got a feeling they're going to tell the referees, this is the day we're going to start calling everybody that touches anybody. How about that, Bino? They need more teams for the tournament. Let's get let's get a conspiracy going right now, Bino. We need more teams for the tournament, more TV dollars. Let's sacrifice the Vols on this Saturday. They're already in. There's a chance that happens here. There's a chance that happens down at A&M, Bino. There's a chance that Greg Sankey could make the call, Bino. Do you believe it? Uh, I don't think Greg Sankey has to. I think that call was made in 1950. Go! I agree, Lexington. You ever tried Sankey? If Rex Chapman's at that ceremony Saturday, Bino, they ought to have uh, Tony White come up there and run over him again so they can call it on Tony White a charge that cost us a game way back when John Ward went ballistic. Uh, you know, think, but uh, yeah, you're right, Bino. That call was made way back, but, uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay with this team and I'm excited about them and I just want to yep. get in, knock on the door and maybe this will be the year. And remember, we're playing a state without a country, a state that wanted to be neutral in the war between the states. Thank you, W. Lynn. You have a Dwight Gooden. But as only W. Lynn can. Stats by Will uh, Warren coming up momentarily. Go ahead, uh, Brian. I'll just say, I, I think the last five games, I think they win the both both home games, which they should. Yes. And I think they go one and two on the road. I think they'll win one road game. I don't know exactly where. Maybe tomorrow. I think it may be tomorrow. or, But I think they'll be three and two coming down the stretch. Stats by Will. I'm like you guys. I'll I'll take that. I know that sounds. You're on the two line. You do that. You're a solid two seed, and that's a great I'll, season. I'll take three and two right now. You're you are if the metrics holds. Now Jerry Palm, he's in outer space, Brian, with his. I don't know what's happened to Jerry Palm. 
earth that this is ground control to Major Palm. Ground control to Major Palm. Take your bracketology and shove it up your rear. Ground control to Major Palm. But Brian, how can Palm have us on the three line when Lenardi has us the number one two seed? Your boy, Brian. Your boy. Come on, Brian. Let me a hand here. Baby, I'll be here to share the land, Brian. And I'll be here to shake your hand, Brian. Your boy. That's after beating the number one team in the country. I mean, what does he want? Three line. Does he want blah? I mean, what's he want, Bino? Hey, Jerry, what about Purdue? Jerry? What's up? When's he going to move Purdue down? Damn seat? clown. Continue with more right after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis with Tillis Jewelry in Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. What are you looking for in a jeweler? Knowledgeable staff, experienced goldsmiths, or true custom designers? Experienced working with clients creating that perfect gift for a special loved one? Well, you have found them. Tillis Jewelry, we're this and so much more. Check us out at TillisJewelry.com or on Facebook and Instagram to see our latest creations. Tillis Jewelry, Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. Hey guys, this is Mary Catherine with Bug Out Termite and Pest Control. Did you know that most insurance plans don't cover termite damage? Termites cause $5 billion in damage every year. Having a termite inspection done by a termite professional once a year is the best way to determine your home or business is termite free. Our technician will help you determine the best treatment solution for you. Call us today to schedule your inspection at 931-380-9009 or visit us online at bugouttennessee.com. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. 
This is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Did you know that Columbia Ace Hardware carries Magnolia Home Paint by Joanna Gaines? Columbia Ace Hardware is the only Magnolia paint dealer in town. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood, along with the award-winning service and advice Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Come see us at Columbia Ace Hardware and Power Equipment. We will be glad to help you. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Come to the 2023 Mule Day Auctioneer Championship hosted by the Columbia Breakfast Rotary Club benefiting their college scholarship fund. Outstanding auctioneers from across the country will be competing to be named the 2023 Mule Day Auctioneer Champion. The event will be held at the Tennessee Livestock Sale Barn at 1231 Industrial Park Road, Columbia, Tennessee, starting at 11 a.m. Hope to see you there. 31. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Tony B. back with you. Keep it twisted, Vol fans. 865-200-540. I'll tell you what's twisted, as all lines are jammed. I'll tell you what's twisted is that our, our basketball team is tracking if they can finish the stretch here. They could get back to a one line, which is crazy, right? And yet they're maddening. I mean, I don't have any hair on my head, and they're gonna make you pull. They're gonna make me pull what I have out, uh, what's there out all the way. And yet they go out and have a performance like they did the other night. Stats by Will joining me. Will Warren, his stats by Will Substack. I'll let him talk about that here momentarily, but he's a numbers guy. Well, when you when you think about this basketball team, as I welcome you in, are they as maddening to you as they are to me? Yeah, it's just the offense, right? You kind of it's basically. I mean, it's kind of silly to say this because I think you'd say it about all but like what six teams this year, but it all rides on if they make shots or not. And they're, you know, it's nice for them to beat Alabama in a game where they really didn't shoot well. But you've had those games where they don't shoot uh, well, like the Auburn disaster, obviously Florida on the road. But then they shoot the lights out against Texas. You know, Mississippi State at home was a great performance. They even kind of quietly shot really well against Kansas and Arizona. And, you know, it's frustrating and maddening to watch because, you can both see why they would go out early here in a few weeks, and you can see how they could make the Final Four. Uh, that's exactly right. And and the other night on our Garza Law, a basketball overtime, 
I, I walked upstairs, and my lovely bride says to me, well, we're going to the Final Four now. Because our audience was just, this, this fan base was totally fired up. I mean, I had like a football post-game, big win type of atmosphere. We were hearing from all kinds of different people, new people, and it was like the bandwagon was filling right back up. And then they're very capable, Will, of rolling out there tomorrow. Now, your number, just keep people into this, they've got to shoot a certain percentage from three-point land more times than not, or they're not going to win uh, games of repute. What is that number, Will, that you've cir- that you've circled on? Now, I think they broke it a couple weeks ago. That, that trend was broken. But for the most part, what is that number, Will? So since the start of last year, the Chandler season, UT's 36-3 and three when they shoot 30% or better from deep. And that's really not asking much. 30%. I mean, the national average is 34. So you're asking Tennessee – basically to just be slightly below average on the on a normal night from three. And you're going to have a great chance of winning because of how good the defense is. Yeah, and the other thing that numbers don't, and I want to ask you about this, the other thing that numbers don't call into play is who's officiating my game and how's it going to be called. <laughs> hey, this team needs... This team needs officials like they had the other night. Now, I think they're being aided by the fact that this year... And as we get deeper into the conference season, we're starting to see weirder officiating rotations. They're starting to really um, um, circle these guys around, however they're scheduling these officials. We had three in, in Thompson Bowling the other night, one of whom had done a couple games already this year and, and two of whom we hadn't seen. Uh, so it isn't the same merry band of guys on the circuit here, which – the way the game was called the other night was perfect for Tennessee against that opponent, wasn't it, Will? Yeah, I mean, it, it helped Tennessee a lot when, well, one, I think it helps fans a lot when you don't have Pat Adams going to the review monitor every two minutes. Interesting. So, yeah, <laughs> to have, you know, for all of the, I think Alabama fans are probably right that they, you know, didn't get some calls they would have gotten at home, but frankly, that's life on the road in the SEC, right? I think pretty much every SEC home team generally enjoys a healthy foul advantage in their favor. And, you know, Tennessee got some of that. But, uh, I mean, on the whole, I thought it was, you know, it was a lot nicer to see that game be officiated the way it was versus, you know, the Missouri game was kind of a foul set. The Auburn game was obviously no fun to watch for a lot of reasons. But, yeah, I think if, if Tennessee gets that type of officiating where you saw there were a couple of bailouts on drives to the basket, I think Mayshack kind of, or no, sorry, Tyreek Key got away with one where he was, it was late in the possession. He kind of drove to the basket without much of a plan, and uh, I believe Namari Burnett committed one of his five fouls on him. But, yeah, it's going to, it's always going to depend a lot on the officiating, but I think Tennessee helps themselves, obviously with the defense, yep. and obviously with how good they are at offensive rebounding. I mean, it's not like Alabama is a bad rebounding team by any means. And it kind of shocked me how many extra possessions UT got on Wednesday. How do you explain Alabama being at the top of the sport, having have such low uh, turnover numbers they create, and then turning the ball over at the volume that they do? They're, they're down the bottom of college basketball in both of those. How do you explain that as somebody that uses numbers to determine success? What, what, how do they win? Well, I think it's kind of twofold. So, one, this is probably the worst 
you know, top five, top ten group in many years. Uh, it is, you know, there's no clear best team. I guess the metrics would peg Houston, but then, you know, Alabama's beaten Houston on the road, so I don't know how trustworthy that is. But I think Alabama kind of wins games, funnily enough, a lot of the ways Tennessee does. They are elite defensively, number one defensive two-point percentage, number two field goal percentage overall. And offensively, it obviously helps when you have a top-five pick to get you, you know, buckets late in the clock. But they play fast. They get fouled a lot because they drive to the rim so much. They generally hammer the boards very well, but Tennessee cuts them off of them on Wednesday night. So they're they're able to overcome, overcome that turnover advantage most times out. But I think it's interesting now. You know, the two teams, you know, that – I don't know if they'll be Final Four or Elite Eight opponents or whatnot, but two of the games Alabama's lost have been pretty similar now, where they've lost to UConn and UT, and both of those teams have really good defenses that pressure the ball well out from the basket. Mm. And it didn't seem like Alabama's guards could handle the physicality of either of those teams very well. What's our kryptonite, Will? If you're on a show in another market, somebody says to you, <laughs> how you beat the Vols? <laughs> I would recommend letting them shoot. Um, uh, I think that, unfortunately, that's probably what most would say is you force Tennessee to take a lot of jumpers, you get them away from the basket, you're going to live with it. I mean, really the only guy that you can point to, and I know he hasn't had the best season, but I'm still going on reputation more than, you know, post-shoulder injury here. And he has been at 40% in SEC play. Yeah. The only guy you're truly demanding your defense to run off the three-point line is Vescovi. And the rest of the team is kind of like, these are guys who can shoot. Sometimes they're awesome, and sometimes they're just dreadful. I mean, I was really happy Tyreek Key shot so much because, you know, even though he shot, what was it, one for ten against Alabama, it still mattered that he shot because that opened up the offense and it wasn't like a Justin Powell situation where he's just getting cardio. But, well, I'm serious. But you look at the rest of the roster, and it's like Zakai, 31%. Yeah. Olivia, 34. Triple J, 30. Tyreek, 36. You know, none of those are locked down, terrifying shooters. And so that's kind of going to be the plan is Tennessee's got to find a second guy to step up and take that pressure at least somewhat consistently off of uh, Santiago who's got a bum shoulder. You've got ZZ run around who's got kind of a beat. He's sort of beat up. By the way, I can report right now and will report as we're on with uh, stats by Will. Um, Phillips is probable for tomorrow, according to uh, someone close to it. And James is doubtful for tomorrow uh, up in Lexington. Bino Jeff Henderson would like to interact with uh, stats by Will Warren, who's on with us. Bino, go ahead. Hey, Will, thanks for joining us. Will, about the only thing that I know, that I knew about math was I'm like Tennessee. I needed to shoot like 30% in order to remain eligible for baseball in math. And that's about all that I knew. And I've been running from it and avoiding it since about 12th grade. And I do the same thing as a sports fan. For So for somebody that those numbers scare to death, that runs and hides, tell me a couple of things that you look for that you think are the the best indicators of how a team may close out a season. 
I mean, every team's different, you know, personnel's different for everybody. But I think the thing that's going to be telling down the stretch here is can Tennessee produce, you know, we're not asking for a ton here, but I think it would be nice to see Tennessee put up a couple of games where they're at, you know, 40% or above from three just to know that that's in the bag, right? Like, you're not asking them to shoot 40% every time out, but if they have a couple of games here, would be really nice for one of them to come tomorrow where they're, you know, they're shooting really well, then, I mean, at that point, if Tennessee's shooting 40%, they're just about impossible to beat, mm-hmm. you know, given this defense. And with that, I think that's the factor. And also, how does Tennessee wrap up the season as a defense? Uh, I'm, more, I'm less looking at the threes because I think those are, you know, higher variants. And how do they control everything inside the perimeter? Are they still forcing turnovers? Because against Vandy and Missouri, they barely forced any. But against, you know, the number one team, they forced a ton. You know, how are you controlling the type of two-point shot, you know, say Kentucky or A&M or Auburn get? If you're still doing that well, you're going to give yourself a chance in every game. And I think that's Tennessee's plan is if the defense shows up, and generally pretty much every game except for a couple this year it has, then you're going to have a fighting chance to win no matter what you do offensively because this really is, at very minimum, you know, going to end the year as one of the two best defenses in the sport. Yeah, and at one point they were tracking toward the numbers that were, you know, off the charts, and, of course, they regressed back, uh, which a lot of people thought they would once the competition got better. That's exactly what happened. As, uh, stats by Will Warren is joining uh, TLD Logistics Hotline is where we find him today on your Tony Basilio show. They're online at tldlogistics.com. And TLD, so much more than a trucking company. They do everything, whatever your challenge is relating to shipping, call TLD Logistics, and they will figure it out online at tldlogistics.com. Well, so that that, that whole adage that Bino was talking about that you guys were discussing is shoot the ball well, you win. It's pretty much that simple. Then what happened in the Missouri? What happened in the Vanderbilt game? Their, their offense comes to play, and yet they still walk off the court losers. And is there any way to quantify what are the odds that you can get beat like that in, in, in two consecutive games? Do we have a, a formula to figure that out? Uh, you might want to ask a priest or something on that one. <laughs> I mean, that was, you know, the Missouri thing, I think, is more – that one is more explainable to me because – Missouri, obviously, I think they're still top eight or so in offense nationally, even after they got hammered by Auburn. Uh, But that's a really good shooting team that had one of their best shooting games of the year and were hitting a lot of difficult shots. Vanderbilt is just, you know, Vanderbilt had a couple of guys who were openly bad shooters the rest of the season go three for four from deep in uh, Robbins and Lawrence, including the game winner. But with that, you know, Tennessee, I thought, did a pretty poor job of driving to the paint, trying to get fouls on Robbins, especially after he picked up his third. And so that's kind of the other thing uh, I'm looking for here is, and I think this is really going to help once Phillips returns and is back to full strength because he's sort of your your go-to guy in this aspect. Who is the guy who late in the game or when a possession's breaking down or when you know something is screwed up can just go to the rim and either get fouled or get you a bucket? And so that, that I think, can help assuage, you know, like erase some of the concerns people have going forward and erase some of what happened specifically against Vanderbilt. Bino Jeff Henderson, jump back in. 
Will, it seems to me, and this is just an eye test thing, it, it seems to me that our best defensive games seem to be some of our worst offensive games, and vice versa. Uh, there aren't many where we're just on on offense and, and off on on defense. There, there seem to be more of the others. But, I mean, is am, am I, are my eyes deceiving me, or does Tennessee rarely have a game where they're both really efficient on both sides? Uh, it, it depends. I think against higher competition, there's something to it. But the, the thing that matters a lot to Tennessee is how well they can force turnovers. So, you know, they've had uh, 12 games this year where they forced turnovers on 25% or more uh, of uh, defensive possessions, 11-1 and one in those games. And when you force a lot of turnovers the way they do, that's going to fuel some pretty easy points the other way because a lot of those turnovers, live ball turnovers, you get out in transition, you get generally an easy two or a wide open three. And, you know, at that point, nobody's going to be too upset with the process. But you're also, whenever you get turnovers, you're erasing the chance of a shot attempt. So I thought that was what Tennessee did so well against Alabama. The guards clearly were not comfortable with the physicality UT displayed. And you saw a lot of what I thought were just, frankly, frustration turnovers that led to some of Tennessee's easiest points of the night because when it really got into a half-court offense, Tennessee didn't do very much. But when it was, you know, a parade of turnovers by the time, that really changed things up. So I think there's a little bit of something to it. But I, I think, you know, more so Tennessee just has to find ways to be more consistent in half-court offense specifically. You know, the transition points are generally going to be what they're going to be. But, you know, against teams that don't turn it over as much as an Alabama or an LSU or in a Georgia or whoever, you got to find the second option. Bow, you're having you say his name. Stats by Will Warren uh, joining us uh, today on the program. Uh, all right, so we're in Lexington tomorrow, Wednesday at Texas A&M week and a half or so uh, at Auburn. Rank those games in terms of least difficulty, most difficult. I'm going to go most difficult A&M. I think that the, that, that team has just been on a heater for two months. And, you know, how sustainable is it? I'm not entirely sure. I just I, I have a hard time seeing a team that's so reliant on free throws go that far in the tournament. But, you know, they're going to be a tough matchup on the road. Auburn is second toughest, not because of anything they do offensively. Mm. I think we've seen that happen pretty well so far. They are who they are, and they are deeply committed to who they are. So, But that defense is just so strong night out, or night in, night out. The, the easiest quote-unquote here is tomorrow's Kentucky game. I, I understand, you know, people are going to look at that and say, well, Kentucky's desperate. That the must, it, I don't know if it's necessarily a must win game for them to be in the tournament, but they need to pick off one of UT or Auburn at home coming up. Um, but every time people say that type of thing about a bubble team, I think we forget that they're a bubble team for a reason, and this is a must win game for a reason, which is that they're not very good. So, and, you know, Rick Barnes with his tournament quality teams at UT, I did look this up in preparation. Eight and one in rematches against teams they've previously lost to in SEC play earlier in the season. So I, I think you know they're going to come out strong. They're going to be very motivated. Uh, I feel a lot better about that 
than I do the A&M game, personally. Any danger with that Arkansas game here? Yeah, I actually had this asked me by somebody else about how Nick Smith was going to change it for them, and I'm just not sure that it matters. They don't really have any shooting. And, yep. you know, bad offenses against Tennessee have not exactly had much success this season. So nope. I, uh, I, I think the potential for a close game definitely exists, especially if Tennessee has one of their poor shooting performances. But by and large, against, you know, less than good offenses, Tennessee is taking care of business. So it, it, would, it would require something pretty unusual for that to go poorly, I think. Stats by Will writes uh, about the sport globally, uh, and he writes about the Vols. And many of my in-the-know college hoop friends that uh, do kind of do what they do for a living, subscribe to him. Tell them, Will, how they can uh, get your uh, get your stuff, see what you do. Yeah, I recommend going to uh, statsbywill.substack.com. I will probably be running a promo for March here soon to lower the price quite a bit. So, you know, if you're on the fence, that might get you off of it. But cover Tennessee basketball, cover a lot of NCAA-wide stuff as well, lots of tournament coverage as we get close to March. Uh, and hopefully we'll explore, you know, here in the near future, some matchups that could and could not be good for Tennessee specifically uh, once we head to the tournament. Bino, Jeff Henderson, hit it. Well, just one last thing for me. Um, as a guy that's not a big numbers guy, I, I put a huge amount of stock in the spot that we're going into. And I just heard you mention, I, I, I think the road games are all real scary to me because exactly what you said. I think all of these teams uh, are in a position where they're more desperate than Tennessee. They're playing for their tournament lives, in my opinion. Uh, at all three sites that we have to go to. Do you find yourself as a big numbers guy kind of discounting some of the emotional side of things? Uh, a little bit. I mean, there's data out there to suggest that there's not really much difference, uh, you know, against the spread-wise for, uh, you know, road games versus what Vegas has, uh, you know, depending on the situation. But I, I think, you know, the, the A&M game in particular is tough because that is kind of a short turnaround. It really is only two days, and it's your second road game in a row uh, where you're off. But, you know, you head into that Auburn finale, and that one is going to be very interesting because the potential still really does exist for Tennessee to be playing for the, the SEC two-seed at that point because A&M will be underdogs, I think, in four of their final five. Um, but, I, I mean, emotion comes into it. But frankly, you know, if you're the top five team, the numbers say you are, you really should be able to win no fewer than one of these three and really two of the three. Well, you're the man. Much appreciated. You have a Dwight Gooden. It's always a pleasure, my friend, and uh, look forward to uh, chatting down the road with you. Appreciate you giving us some time today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tony. The great stats by Will. Thank you, my friend. 865-200-5402. Bino, you're more numerical than I am. You act like you're like a numerical uh, idiot. Well, I, I, I probably am, Tony. Of course, I'm an imbecile. I, I may be, we may be one a little ahead of the other 
but I don't think either one of us is real numerically inclined. No, I don't think. Well, I, I tell you this about me. I mean, I, I'm glad that God has put me in a position, and I believe that to do what I do. But I, I'm neither intelligent nor am I capable of solving a solving like a, a puzzle or any of that nonsense. But I can talk. I can talk about it. Those numbers to me are sort of overwhelming, I think would be the way I'd look at it. I was asking Matt Dixon, Bino, with baseball, right? Like when I see numbers like XFIP and some of this stuff, and I hear people talk about them, I, it, just, it just goes right through me. I'm oh, sorry. It, it, it does me as well, Tony. I, I mean, the, the simplistic number approach of average home runs, RBIs, and runs scored was about as much as I could have. Yeah, and I get the you concept that walks me. I've got yeah. no clue. Well, I get the concept that, like, the, the, thing that, the thing that they've done with the analytical era, two things. One makes sense to me, one doesn't. Analytics era tells me strike out. Who cares? It doesn't make any sense to me. I, I, you put the ball in play, something can happen. You strike out, nothing can happen. So that makes no sense to me. Walking and the value of walks makes total sense to me. That makes total sense to me. Now they say, like with baseball, you uh, don't. If you get on base, don't steal. That makes no sense to me. So some of it I get, some of it I don't. Some of it I understand. Some of it I don't. That's me. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I guess it's good in some areas to kind of take the emotion out of things. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what what numbers pretty much can't tell you, Tony, is who can walk up there in a certain situation and do something that another guy can't, and that. That happens in sports time after time after time after time. And, and Jerry, uh, and by the way, I want to thank Will Warren for jumping on with us today on short notice on the TLD Logistics hotline, tldlogistics.com. The thing that's amazing, and then we're going back to our phones at 865-200-5402 because we've got these overlapping seasons. And I'm asking the question, what are you more excited about? The game in Lexington tomorrow or the fact that it's baseball time in Tennessee? So we'll go to our phones. The thing about our basketball team is is that you have all these numbers, and yet it still comes down to one thing. Shoot the ball well, you win. Don't shoot the ball well, you're not going to win. Although the other night you didn't shoot the ball well at all, and you beat the number one team in America. See, that's the thing about this Tennessee basketball team is you you just don't know. Some nights they shoot the ball well and lose, and some nights they don't shoot the ball well and they beat the number one team in America. It's very strange. This season's very strange. And they're maddening. I say that out loud. I'm just being honest about it. But yet they're tracking for a number one seed if they can finish the season in a strong way. Well, the the one thing that they did the other night, Tony, that I think that does uh, pretend to good results, they shot the ball a whole lot more than their opponent. Boom. Back to the funds we go. 865. I think they had 17 more shots than their opponent. 
which that works every time. You, you, if I shoot it 17 more times than our opponent, we'll win games. Let's get our next call in. Hello they, and welcome. Yeah, they. Hello and welcome into our next call. You're live on the air. Hi. Hey, Tony Bino, Brownie, how y'all doing? Good. 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 What are you more excited about, Vandy Joe? The Vols with Kentucky tomorrow or the, or the Vols beginning baseball tonight? Well, I'm ready for baseball season. Say he's. There's one ball fan, Bino, that's more excited for the baseball. Told I'm you they're ready out for there, baseball, Bino. period. Told you they're out there, Bino. Uh, I'll tell you what. I, I've, I've come to the conclusion, sort of like you guys have, there are no great basketball teams this year. Anybody can be – when the NCAA tournament starts, I think you're going to see more upsets this, this year than you've probably ever seen. Because I don't, I, I don't, I just don't think there are any well-rounded quality basketball teams that, if they have something that's not exactly right about them on that particular day, that they can get beat. And that's just—I mean, typically, you always could count on a one seed beating a sixteen seed. Yep. Or, and I just don't think you're going to see that this year. I think you're going to see a lot of upsets. Guys, we're a month out. I, I, I ahead, still Brian. think you'll see the ones. The ones will still beat the six teams. That won't be one. Well, here's the question, Brian. Here's the question, Brian. We're a month out from the season, five weeks or whatever we are, from the from the uh, real deal happening. How many one seeds, Brian, make the Sweet Sixteen this year? You tell me. But right now, five weeks away, Brian. I'm going to hold you to this. We have no draw. We have no nothing. How many, Brian? If it's if it's if it's what I think it's going to be, if two get there, if two get there, Brian, it'll be surprising. If the regular season is any indication. I'll say over and say under one. on that is, is, uh, is two and a half is the over and under. Well, I'm betting the it'll under. It'll either be two or three. You put that number at two and a half, I'm betting the under, and I'm going, I'm going to cash a ticket. I'm betting one. Bino, what do you say? If that over under is two and a half, Bino, where are you going? I, I would bet the under, Tony. I think two is probably the number. That we'll see of number one seeds. Uh, I think Joe's right in the tournament as a whole. Yep. I'm not sure we see it from the real high seeds against the real low seeds. Once you get into that sweet 16, uh, I'm not sure there's going to be a whole lot of difference between a one and a seven. I disagree with you. I think when you get to the second round, it's going to be total obliterate. Let me look at last night. That Maryland's a great example of that. What seed, Brian, is Maryland see, right now? I don't think you. I think you're going to see some Mar- two seeds. I don't. Brian, what's Maryland? What's Maryland? Maryland right now? is is uh, an eight seed. I'm rest my case, Bino. They you know, blew. The one seeds are Kansas, Purdue. They blew Purdue. Alabama, they blew and Houston. They popped yeah, last I, night. Made them like a, it. After after you saying that, Tony, I'll agree with that. I think once you get to, uh, I think once you get to Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, it's gonna be it, crazy. It, yeah. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll go there. And, and go Joe's there. and Joe's got another good point. How many two seeds? Tennessee probably going to be a two seed. How many two seeds are going to get to the Sweet Sixteen this year? I'm going to say two. I'm going to say of the. I'm going to say half of the ones and twos are going to get there, and then half of them are going to be crying in their beer, going, oh, "It's a one seed. And I ain't got the first round or second round. I'm a two seed. I ain't got the second round." I'm telling you, that's going to happen this year. Tournament is going to be. All-time crazy. Or maybe the chalk holds. Maybe the chalk holds. 
I don't believe it. I mean, if you'll be able to knock me over with a feather if that happens. I mean, I just don't see it. There's just so many holes in so many of these supposedly high-ranking teams. I just, I'm sorry, I just don't see it. Yeah. As far as as far as baseball is concerned, for a sec, I don't believe for a second, guys. There's only going to be four, one, and two seats in this Sweet Sixteen. Well, how many? Then how many twos, Bino? How many twos get through? You were talking about the final four, not the Sweet Sixteen. I was talking about the Sweet be, Sixteen. There'll be seven of the eight. Seven of the top eight will make the Sweet Sixteen. Oh no, I was talking about the Sweet Sixteen. How many one seeds made Sweet Sixteen? Brian said the numbers two and a half. You going over or under, Bino? Oh, I'm going over. Sweet 16, I'm going over that. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm with Tony. It's going to be going Sunday, both of them. Sunday, bloody Sunday, and Saturday, bloody Saturday. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if one of each got through. And that's it. You boys aren't exactly uh, the greatest betters in the world, either you two knuckleheads. <laughs> <laughs> hey, baseball, the thing, the thing that I look at in baseball is whether or not a guy can hit with people on base in clutch and can hit behind a runner and in uh, uh, somewhat. And the other thing is, I don't get this analytics crap about when you get a guy. I'm I'm sort of like this: you get a guy on base and he's got he's got some speed. I'm going I'm going to be sending him wow. more times than I'm going to be holding him. Because typically when you put somebody in motion, good things happen. Good th- yeah, but you know what? And I appreciate the call. The analytics guys don't do that. And, and here's the thing. It's the reason I enjoy the college baseball game more. I'm sorry. Now, you said, well, the Vols won last year at a record clip. You know, I, I find myself enjoying the college game. Chris Burke was right. They won! Hey, that kid from Vanderbilt, that center fielder, gets on first base. You walk him, he's going to go to third. It's like, hey, Bino, are you enjoying that Ricky Anderson biography that I recommended for you? I am, Tony. It's it's very good. Very good. It's really good. It's a little too political. But the baseball parts of it are re- – Howard Bryant did a really nice job on the ba- the baseball parts of it. The stories in there are just – and Ricky Henderson was a freak show now. I was talking to a friend of mine that's a California guy from that era who said that Ricky Henderson was a scary football player, like scary, like scary good. Can't imagine him on a football field. We go back to our phones, get our next call in on a Friday. Hello and welcome in. How you doing, Tony? Hey, Billy. Hey, Bino. Buddy, I'll tell you what, it's been a dark cloud in both the sports and the entertainment world this week. We lost Conrad Dobler. Oh, wow. We lost Tim McCarver. Wow. And we lost Raquel Welch. Absolutely, Bill. Now, posthumously, are you going to move Raquel Welch up in your rankings? I've always thought you had her too low, Bill. Yep. I've had a couple other friends that reached out to me, Bill, and were questioning your your credibility uh, because you had Raquel Welch so low. Well, the the main reason the main reason why Tony she would be the type of a person that don't want to that don't want that thinks she's too good of dealing with ordinary. Can't, with the, hey, whoa, you know, whoa, 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 whoa! You can't speak ill of the dead. 
<laughs> Get on here and rip her when she can't defend herself, you clown. Well, she wouldn't be the type of a person that I would want to take to Calhoun's by the river. What is her, no. Bill, what is her, uh, Bill, what is Raquel Welch's real name? Do we know? Um, uh, I have it in my little newspaper here right. that I can probably hunt up for All you. Right. What is it? But, you know, that can't be her real name, can it? Can Raquel Welch be her real name? Is that a birth name of somebody? Uh, I don't. I wouldn't think so, Tony, but I, I I hope no one reveals her real name. That is a great name, Raquel Welch. You got the job, Raquel Welch. I mean, that was Andy Dufresne's last poster in his jail cell, Titans Bill. You got to move her up. In yeah. The, I mean, Do it she's for the Eddie. number one seed. Do it for Eddie, Bill. Okay. Well, how old was Raquel Welch? What I'm trying to do, Tony, is hunt up, just look in my little newspaper and hunt up and hunt up her real, her real name. All right, Cy- I know she was born in Chicago. Sirens of the '60s, Bill. Where do you rank her? Sixty sirens. Where do you rank Raquel Welch? Give me your top five off the top of your head right now. Let's go right. five to one. Five to one, Bill. All right, number one would no, be No, 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 no. Go five to one. Who's five? Who's Good. five? I, w- I would probably say Nancy Sinatra. All right, who's four? Angie Dickinson. Not bad. Three. Faye Dunaway. Very beautiful. Two. Connie Francis. And number one. Shirley Jones. Dino wants to know where Annette Funicello is. Give it up for the Paisans. I would rate her number six. Dino, do you like this? I love it. I love it. Raquel Welch. She didn't make, make, make a top six, Dino. <laughs> Raquel Welch's real name. Yes. Okay, I'm trying Joe. to find Hang on, hang on. Bill, Bino's got it, Bill. Bill, hey, Bill, you couldn't find your feet if you took your shoes off. Go ahead, Bino. I, I just had to beat you to it, uh, Titans, Bill. I, I'm like you. I like a newspaper, but you can find things quicker. Can I guess? Like Joe, Joe Betty Marshall. Joe, Raquel, Tejada. Woo, yeah. Wow. I like and that of better. Course, and, of course, and, of course, her first husband's name was Welch. And the interesting thing... So that was her had, real name. Her name was Raquel Welch, Ambino. Yeah. Because she had, of course, she had a son that's 64 years old and a daughter that's, let's see, she was born in 61... That Bill, would make her 62. Bill, Bill, do you hear that sound? Yeah. Listen really closely. Listen to it. That's the air coming out of this show right now. <laughs> now, Bill, we were at 10,000 feet a second ago. Yeah. We dropped like that airline over Hawaii that ended up about 400 feet from the ground. Did you hear about that, Bino, that plane that? came 400 feet from going into the Pacific Ocean. No. Yes, it happened uh, like a couple weeks ago. Bill, hey, Bill. Yeah. Have a good weekend. Good gosh. 
Just a show, like a show murderer, Bino. Is that a chief shot, Tony? And him? Yeah. I, I don't know. Was it? Maybe. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. A while back, I told you a story about Packer, our mascot, that Don found in the garbage truck after someone had thrown her out. Well, since then, I've been asked several times about Packer. Is she a dog or is she a cat? I guess I never thought to say, but she's a pit bull mix. And you can see a picture of her sitting in the driver's seat of Don's service truck on our website, garbagemaninc.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Laurie Cole, Executive Director with Pay Grace Forward. We are a community solution to predatory lending. 
We help people in Murray County who are trapped in payday and title loan debt. We do this through financial mentoring followed by low interest grace loans. To see if Pay Grace Forward can help you or to volunteer with our organization, please visit our website at paygraceforward.org or call 931-548-6797. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Tesco bars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 bikes, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. Hey, you know it's a leap year, right? No, the next leap year isn't until 2024. Nope. It's this year. I can prove it. Here, play this new instant game from the Tennessee Lottery. Uh, okay. <laughs> Woohoo! I won! See what you did there? I jumped up and down? No, that was a leap. Don't miss your chance to jump for joy this February with our newest instant games. You could win up to $5 million. The Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. And now, some big news from WINN. The new February Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery have arrived. Now, for some bigger news, there are four new exciting games to choose from. And now, for our biggest news yet, you could win a top prize of $5 million. Make a break for fun today with February Instant Games, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. We've had four OTs this week. Four of them. Four of what we call, ladies and gentlemen, bow thy head when you say thy name, TLD Logistics Overdrive Overtimes. There will not be one today because we're doing Garza Law. Uh, Say it loud, say it proud, TB. We're doing our uh, Garza Law extra innings tonight as soon as the game's over. And, you know, a man's got to a man's gotta do what a man's got to do, Bean Star. Would you agree with that? And one of the things a man's got to do is sort of, pay, is sort of pace himself or a man burns out. We have yeah, a great you got to take time out every once in a while, Tony. Who do you think you are, Rick Barnes? We have a great, we have a great blog up today over at uh, tclub.team. Matt Dixon's in there. Uh, Mark Griffin's got a full breakdown of the Tennessee-Kentucky matchup, which is excellent, and Griff's three-pointers. Orange Throat has a full report. I've got a report under him. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff uh, percolating that we cover today, including the game, including some of the other stuff. Bino, I want to conclude here. One way-too-early forecast has the vols of Josh Hyper, and the hype Believe the hype. The hype is everything. Number 10 in America. Another poll has them number 6 in America, as Orange Throat wrote today. Bino, who's right? I would probably lean toward the 10, Tony, rather than the 6, uh, uh, just uh, because of the uh, uh, the transition from um, him and Hooker, who I'm not sure – that if Hypel stays here 20 years, he'll ever have anybody run his offense more efficiently yeah, yeah. Uh, than uh, than Hooker did. Um, I would uh, I would tend to think that Tennessee will probably finish 
11 to 20 rather than 1 to 10. And that's the deal, right? That's the deal. Yes, here. and your schedule yeah. flips to where that's right. Uh, now you go on the road to Florida and on the that's road right. to Alabama. That's and right. those are generally tougher schedules for uh, Tennessee. Well, I mean, should be. To those in the uh, corporate world, Bino, you know what we are? We're a salesman that had a really great year last year before we were supposed to have a really good year, and we closed some accounts. Our fan base doesn't want to hear that. No fan base wants to hear that. If the team can finish in the top 20, that's a wonderful season next year. Let's get real here. I'm trying to keep it real, and I'm trying to keep expectations. You guys make a $9 million. Okay, that's fine. So is everybody else in the conference. You know, one thing you're not accounting for, though, is how much better the defense might be. That's right, Brian. I'm not. That's um. That's right. That's the next factor that if they if, if the defense takes a step and improves upon this uh, past season, yeah, I believe that one. They, they might not have to score. Yeah. They might not offensively. They might not do as well, and it may not matter in some games. I believe that when I see that. I'm not saying we're going to be bad, but nine and three would be a great season this year. Great, incredible. I think we're looking at the same thing baseball-wise, Tony. I, I know Tennessee has a tremendous pitching staff. Yep. Um, but uh, I think it's going to take a little bit of time. Yep. Um, to, even though they've got some veterans that are doing it, I, I think it takes a little bit of time to meld when you've got to, you're going to have uh, eight new position players. Uh, yep. I think Tennessee's going to be very good in baseball. But, I, I mean, I wouldn't be stunned. I, I, I think two's too high. Tony shares that. They're the odds-on favorite now to win. If you go to any book, Circa has Tennessee, for instance, the odds-on favorite to win the national championship. To me, it's a little early to talk like that. I want to see what we have. Just, it's like opening a new gift tonight. We'll be on Garza Law. Extra innings. We're going to do a, um, extra innings uh, broadcast uh, kind of roll. Uh, Matt's new podcast as well uh, into this tonight. Matt Dixon will be with us. I'm really excited about that, his unnamed as of yet uh, podcast. We'll try to nail that down. And, of course, Evan Russell will be on with us on Monday's program, breaking it down. Race fans, race fans, race fans, as uh, we're down in Daytona this weekend. Guys, thank you very much. Bino, incredible work by you and Brian today. Thank you, guys. Just Tony, beat the uh, coal miners. Beat the coal yeah, let's miners. Go, uh, let's sweep a series in Arizona and uh, beat those cats. Yep, we got a coal miner glove match tomorrow, Bry. Beat the coal miners and uh, baseball. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. So you had an accident. Now what? Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop. You can count on us to repair all makes and models. Our certified techs will take care of everything from frame damage inspection to bump out or replacement with OEM parts. We've got the expertise to make your vehicle better than new and get you back on the road in no time. Plus, our collision work is guaranteed for the life of your car. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop to the rescue. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis with Tillis Jewelry in Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. What are you looking for in a jeweler? 
knowledgeable staff, experienced goldsmiths, or true custom designers experienced working with clients creating that perfect gift for a special loved one? Well, you have found them. Tell us story. We're this and so much more. Check us out at tellastory.com or on Facebook and Instagram to see our latest creations. Tell us story, Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. This is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Did you know that Ace now offers free assembly and delivery on grills over $3.99? It's never been easier for you and your family to have a great grill like a Weber gas grill, a Traeger pellet grill, or a Big Green Egg charcoal grill. Come see us at Columbia Ace Hardware, located at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Join us Saturday, March the 18th for Columbia's Breakfast Rotary's fourth annual Shoot for Our Stars Sporting Clays Tournament. This tournament is a community benefit fundraiser for our fantastic local youth and veterans organizations. If you'd like to participate in this great event, contact me, Rhonda King, at 931-398-5511 or contact us online at www.facebook.com slash shootforourstars. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. 
This is Dr. Mike Steele. Tune in to American Steel, a weekly discussion of topics and events related to the challenges in our world. Listen as we examine the path to relevance and truth in our society and culture. You can catch the show on 101.7 WKOM at 7 p.m. on Sundays. Also, we can be found online at WKOM Radio or on Twitter at WKOM WKRM. See you on Sunday. The NASCAR Cup Series. Kyle Larson from the outside lane crosses the start-finish line. 2023 season gets underway in Daytona. Denny Hamlin gets turned and they're wanting it up in the back of the pack. For the great American race. And at age 23, Austin Sendrick has scored the Daytona 500 win. It's the Daytona 500. Sunday, February 19th at 12.30 p.m. on WKOM 101.7 FM. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.